You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the show. What's the lesson? Jill and I are sitting here across the screen, not across the table. <laughs> the that screen. Would be, that would be lovely. But the new table, I guess it is, <laughs> you know? The 21st century table. <laughs> um, sitting here across the screen from one of our favorite people. I know I say that every episode, every but time. we're not far enough into this not to know our guests really personally yeah, yet. Um, so we have had the pleasure of getting to know this Wonder Woman over the last couple of years through how we have introduced most of our guests and its personal growth and development, getting ourselves in the room, which is why we place so much importance on you putting your daughter in similar rooms at an earlier age because the connections that you make, the people that you get to know, like, and trust, the old adage that your net worth is your network is exactly what Jill and I live, eat, sleep, and breathe every single day. Um, and our guest today is just such a beautiful representation of that. So please welcome to the show A1, Dr. Erin Ellis. Hello, hello. Hi, Dr. Welcome. Ladies, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're thrilled. And um, I have, I, I've loved getting to know you. So my, I, I came from corporate and then I got into this whole entrepreneurial journey. I was a solopreneur for a while and Mary and I got to partner up and she's really exposed me to these masterminds where women in all different industries come together to strategize and share what's going on in their businesses and so on and so forth. So I only, honestly, I assumed that these masterminds were were for women, mostly like in their, I, I'd say just like in business. And little did I know the very first mastermind, there were doctors and there were Pilates instructors, of course, running your own business. But it made me take a step back and be like, wow, this is a really powerful group of women that we're surrounding ourselves with. Because it's not just the people in our own industry, but it's there's we're so connected to women all over in in all sorts of different fields. So for you to be a naturopath and be in the same same room as us is super cool because we get to bounce ideas off of one another in in similar ways, but also be able to almost take a step back and and you can share something really. Um, interesting that you've done in your business to share with us and vice versa. It's a very cool dynamic. So I'm really excited because just talking to you and getting to know you over the last year, you've opened up our eyes to 
our own health and hormones. And what better person to talk about all of that, about especially like teenagers um, than you. So we're excited Mm -hmm. to dive in. Uh, Of all the things that you really are known for um, on the show today. Can't wait. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So will you just start by explaining a little bit about who you are, not just as a naturopath, as Jill um, let out of the bag, but as a person and how that person got into the naturopathic career? Yeah. Well, my story is a little different than, than most people. I mean, this is technically like my second career. I'm a little bit older than I, well, you can't see me on the podcast, but in, uh, or you guys can see me, but the the listeners can't see me on the podcast, but if you follow me on Instagram, I have like the babiest of baby faces and I'm okay with that because I'm going to age gracefully, but I have, (laughs) what a um, blessing. Yes, exactly. I've been through a lot. And I wanted like way back in the day to become a doctor, but I gave up on those dreams because I really just didn't want to be in school forever. And I think a lot of um, your, your girls can probably relate. It's like, oh my gosh, like I'm in school and grade school and then I'm in high school and then I go to college. And then if I go to grad school and then I go to a medical school and it's like school, 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 everyone's in school. Why well, I was just like, I, w- I don't want to go and be in school. I've been in school my whole life. And so I gave up on those dreams and worked in the bars and restaurants for many years, like a decade. Heard that. Yeah, Mary, you can relate. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sure can. But I I learned a lot about people and really like bedside manner is how I apply it to my career now and really understanding how people operate and feel and act and, and all of these things and having like good relationships with people. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to do and be more. I just could not figure, I didn't know what that was. And then I was slapped, um, with a cancer diagnosis in 2010 and never thought in a million years that at age 31, I would be diagnosed with cancer because I think everyone's under that assumption. It's like, Oh, you only get cancer if you're old. Well, I was 31. I don't find that to be old. Um, and the type of cancer I had was found in older men not in young females. So I also believe now that cancer doesn't have any rules and it can literally affect anyone at any age. Mm -hmm. And we need to live our lives to the fullest, do the things that we want to do, but also really pay attention to our health because our health is so important. And so having that diagnosis opened my eyes to health and wellness, because as I've seen in practice almost daily, like a lot of women because I focus mainly on women are naive to their, to their health. They just don't know because we weren't taught a lot of these things. And I wasn't taught any of this either. And I learned it in school and through my own research after my diagnosis and having that diagnosis was like, Oh, maybe I should pursue this so that I can help empower women to be their best versions. And then really still knew nothing about naturopathic medicine until I was deemed cancer-free, which by the way, I kicked its butt in six months. Mm-hmm. Yes, really didn't did. um, so yeah, I had no other option, but to beat it, of course. And I did that with flying colors. And then I met a naturopathic doctor, probably, I think it was only like a couple of months after I was deemed cancer-free. And I was like, what do you do? I was so confused. I had no idea that that um, profession ever existed. And then she told me, um, how, you know, naturopathic doctors, they treat the root cause. They get to the the root of what's going on. They treat the whole body. They don't just slap medication in your face and say, here, take this pill. We'll see you later. 
Um, they give, you know, your body what it needs to heal on its own. And I said, what? I'm like, there's a, like a doctor, like you, what? And sure enough, there's a school in Tempe, Arizona, which if, uh, in Arizona, most people know that city, but if you don't live here, it was about probably 12, 15 minutes from where I was living at the time. And there's only seven, I think now naturopathic schools in the U S and Canada. So it's not like it's a, it's a common thing to find around, you know, and it's only in five States. And I think two provinces in Canada. So I went there like thinking I was nuts for even thinking about going back to school just to see what it would take for me to get in. And I had been pre-med at University of Arizona because I wanted to be a doctor, but I gave up on those dreams. And lo and behold, all of those classes ended up transferring. This is like 12 years later. And I really only needed to take two classes um, to get in. And I said, you know what? This is a sign. I've got to do this. I did the classes um, and I got in in 2013. And four short years later, I graduated with my doctorate in naturopathic medicine and four and a half years later, here we are right now, um, doing this podcast. So I'm a firm believer that life happens like for us and not really to us. Um, because if I would have never had that diagnosis, I wouldn't be here doing this. I wouldn't be here recording this podcast. I probably would have never joined a mastermind. Who knows? I probably would have still been slanging chips and salsa and margaritas <laughs> in the bar, like, and Ain't still nothing wondering wrong with what that either, but <laughs> Right. Like trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So you grew up. Yeah. It, it's just, it's incredible. Like how life just throws these things at you. And yeah, I don't wish cancer on anyone. And I, it sucks that I had to go through that, but I take it as like a lesson and like a learning experience. And, and it, it really is what got me here to where I am today. Well, being that the name of this podcast is What's the Lesson, I think that's such a beautiful nod to the things that we typically see as you um, phrased it happening to us as opposed to happening for us. Mm -hmm. So when we fall down, when we have something life altering that, you know, steps in our path and makes us change the direction in which we're headed, it can be something that we view that is absolutely for our greater good. And just because we can't see it in the moment doesn't mm -hmm. mean that on the other side of that happenstance, something much bigger and much greater than we could have imagined is waiting on the other side. So it's really cool that you didn't let that diagnosis overtake your entire life, right? You didn't sit down on yourself in that moment and say, well, this is it. I'm getting I'm getting totally knocked out right now. You took it, you ran with it, you kicked its butt, and now like you said, that was 2013, we're here in 2021, you have a thriving business. You're helping women every single day sort out hormone issues, um diagnoses such as cancer, I'm assuming. So how amazing is it that you get to sit across the table from people who are being diagnosed with the things that you overcame and now you have the tools in order to help them overcome the mountain that was in your way. Yeah, that, I mean, I see it every day, but also too, not necessarily, I don't really technically diagnose anyone with cancer, but I'm helping them prevent mm -hmm. things from happening because a lot of disease process, most disease processes can be prevented, but we have to know that we have a pre, you know, a pre-existing predisposition for it. So whether that's having like high estrogen or having crappy periods, that's likely because of the high estrogen or having like 
a lot of toxins in your environment. Like this is all going to set you up for a worsening disease in the future. And I didn't know any of these things. I didn't know that there are certain products in my house that were trying to kill me. Like I didn't know that certain foods that I was eating weren't the healthiest or I never bought vegetables because I lived by myself and a head of broccoli was like so much broccoli that I just, it sat in my fridge and then would go bad. So I just never bought vegetables because I didn't know that you could actually, you know, cut it up. You didn't have to buy like the whole thing, like silly things like that. But yeah, I like <laughs> but you don't know what you don't know. Pack, they were just going to go bad. Yeah. Right? Well, and I was going to say, and, and not to totally dish on Western medicine, but a lot of times we, we, we just get thrown to your point, like pills and procedures mm-hmm. and we get over medicated and sometimes that medication or if we're taking too much of it can completely throw our systems off and so cause other problems. and cause other problems so what i really love and i'm sure was new to you when you met the doctor that really opened up uh this career path of naturopathic medicine it's like wait a second you can actually get to the root cause versus putting a band-aid on it and then hoping and crossing our fingers that a it works and b that we don't have any side effects uh yep yeah <laughs> it's um, true there yeah. really is Oh, yeah. Like, my goal is to get people off meds, not put them on. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I work for uh, I work for a chiropractor in my full-time job outside of podcasting and girls' mentorship, and he says the same thing. He's like, mm-hmm. you can't medicate your way out of a problem that you basically brought onto yourself. So I'm not saying, mm-hmm. obviously, you wished cancer on yourself, but what were the behaviors prior to the cancer diagnosis, the lack of vegetables, the lack of whatever it was that you didn't even know about because yeah. we, we truly don't know what we don't know. And Jill and I were having a, f- a funny conversation the other day. I drink a lot of water and as a wonderful business partner and best friend that she is, Jill hopped on board with my goal of a gallon of water a day. And so we were with one of our one-on-one girls and we made mention of how much water we had drank that day. And she looked at us like we had seven heads and she was 13 which prompted the conversation between Jill and I, who were both athletes in high school, of not remembering drinking any water. Mm-hmm. Zero. I don't remember drinking water not once other than like a, you know, in the waiting room, a small cup. But it was like Gatorades or Pepsi Powerades, or yeah. Powerade. It's like, did we have any water <laughs> when we were teenagers? And if th- the answer was a resounding no, obviously, why? Why didn't we have any water? There wasn't, no one told us to drink water. And that's crazy to me now. Obviously, science and health information is overly abundant at this point. But it's like, man, it's crazy that that wasn't even on our radar to do. Well, I'm right there with you. I hated water. Right. Yeah. Because it was boring. Why would you drink water? It doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, it doesn't taste like Dr. Pepper. Yeah, right. And sugar I get that all the time. I'm like, no, no, no. The ice in your cocktail doesn't count. The ice in your soda doesn't count as water. Like that doesn't count. It's legit right. just plain water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was the same way. And no one told me how important water was. And I think that's what I try and do is educate. Like I educate so much about why it's like, I don't criticize or, you know, shame you for not drinking water. I just try and point out why it's so important. Right. And most of the women I help, it's their first sign is like they're exhausted, but they're drinking like 20 ounces of water. And I'm like, well, 80% of your brain is made up of water. 
no wonder you can't function. Like think of a plant, a plant needs to grow with water. If you don't feed it water, it's going to die unless you're, you know, desert plant, it doesn't, you know, xeriscape, it doesn't need water, but plants that need water, think of it in our body. Plus if we're not hydrated, our cells are like styrofoam and we're not going to absorb any nutrients. So not only are you dehydrated, you're malnutrition because you're not absorbing anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why water is so important. And then I get the excuse, well, if I, if I drink so much water, I pee all the time. Great. Mm-hmm. Let's get you peeing so you can pee crap out. Like that's right. great. And get up pee and take a t- couple steps. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's win-win. Get up and move. Yeah. Stand up and move your body. So everyone listening in right now, grab find it. your water grab and drink. take a couple second chug. This right, is your daily reminder. <laughs> Um, well, I feel like this is a perfect transition because we brought up our 13-year-old. How early is too early to learn about health and wellness, doctor? I don't think you're ever too early because Amen. even if women or girls haven't menstruated yet, they can learn what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I don't know about you ladies, but when I grew up and I started my period, uh, my mom didn't really tell me anything about it besides that it might happen. And like, you either, you give, wear this pad. I didn't even know about tampons. I think I was in college and I actually had to ask one of my roommates, like, what are these tampon things? Like, how do you use them? I I didn't even know. Right. Um, I I had a similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know I'm not alone. I read the instructions. My, of course this one did. my mom was really disappointed that she didn't get to teach me how to use it, but I just read the instructions in the box. Maybe I did that. I can't remember, but I knew that I wasn't taught and I had to teach myself about the tampon because like pads are gross. I still, you know, whatever, rotate between them, but I wanted to wear tampons. So I knew nothing about menstrual health or period health as, and it's not no fault to my mom. It's no fault to education. It's just something that wasn't taught, but yet it is so important for the female body. Like your period is your fifth vital sign. If you don't know what the other four are, it's your blood pressure, your temperature, your heart rate, and your, your oxygen saturation. That's your, your vital signs. Your period is your fifth one. And if you're not menstruating, well, maybe you haven't started yet, but if you're not menstruating, um, and you are of menstruating age, it's not normal. Um, if you're on birth control, different story, IUDs can cause you not to menstruate. So there's, you know, secondary reasons why you might not menstruate, but you should have a regular cycle every single month. So irregularity or not even knowing when it's coming, it just randomly shows up at certain times of the month. That's not even consistent. That's not normal either. So I see a lot with the younger population, crazy estrogen dominance, which means so much estrogen in comparison to progesterone and estrogen is a hormone that can feed growth in our body, whether that's a tumor, cysts, fibroids, um, thicker endometrial tissue. So you have what's known as endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, it can cause like worsening symptoms. And I don't know what it is about the younger population and, and why this is happening, but all of my teens that I do menstrual health with, it's, it's just a trend and they have the crappiest periods. Um, so I think you're never too young to really learn about it. So that way, when you do start menstruating, you know, that's just an example. I mean, you will learn about what's going on and and you can know if your period is not normal because a lot of women don't even know what's abnormal because it's normal for them. I was just going to say that because I feel like if it just comes, you're like, woohoo, you know, but how do you know when it's normal or abnormal, especially for moms that are listening and or parents who are listening to this 
how how can they know if their daughter's cycle is normal or or not normal? And then I think the second part of my question is how do they have a conversation about um about this about this like really important topic that isn't supposed to be a secret you know i feel like <laughs> it's it like is. it's swept under the rug it's, it's like, like ooh, secret society right? you know not even secret society it's like ew it's gross don't talk about right. it exactly. but it's like That's i'm sorry it. it's like every single woman once a month yeah. and i mean to be prepared obviously is to feel good about yourself because to be unprepared is like oh my god this thing happened i'm so embarrassed like there's so much that's the perfect word. Embarrassment. Right? It's like the hiding it. of the tampon, pulling yeah. it out of your purse and all of that. So um how do you how can we tell if our cycle is is normal or abnormal? And then what pointers or what conversation uh starters would you recommend for parents who might be a little more on the um fence having these honest conversations about their daughter's bodies? Yeah. Well, first if you're if your child is, or if you are the child listening and you are embarrassed about your period, that's a sign it's probably not normal because it might be so heavy and you're, you call or you have your mom, like call you out of school because you're afraid you're going to leak or you're in sports and you can't like run or do a lot of activity because you might leak. Um, that is a big concern for a lot of women. That is not normal. So if your teen is, having the heaviest of periods, having to change their products every hour or two, not normal. If you're leaking, that's not normal. Unless like you are, you can't change. You should be changing your products four to six hours. Cups are different. They can last longer. So flow is one. If it's a heavy, heavy, heavy flow, not normal. Um, cramps. So if they're having to be pulled out of school or sports or can't do activities because their cramps are so bad, if you're having to give your teen, you know, fistfuls of ibuprofen or mitol, that is not normal. Cramps should be tolerable and they should just be a little bit of a, a nuisance. Like, I feel crappy. I have cramps, yeah, but I can still function. Me. I can still yeah. do all of the things in my day. Um, another big one is, is irritability. Like if they're just a completely different person around their menstrual cycle. Um, but then as soon as they start with their menstrual cycle, that's not normal either. So something's off hormonally with that. Mm. Teens are different because their 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 hormones are still likely developing and changing. But once they start menstruate, well, we'll start to see you know more consistency with that. And then the last one would be consistency of the cycle. So if they'd have no clue when it's coming, it just randomly shows up, or maybe it skipped a month or whatever. That is also not normal. It should be consistent anywhere from 26 to 32 days, but consistently the same time frame. give it one or two days per month. So it shouldn't be like 25 days one month and then 33 days the next month and then 28 days. Like it should be consistently around the same time every single month. So those are some ways you can tell that it's not normal. And then how to address it. You literally, it's just a, not a, it's a weird conversation. So you just have it. I don't really know any other way to make it easier besides like, oh, like if the, if the teens are listening to this podcast or maybe moms are, maybe you could just approach the subject with your daughter. If you've never had a talk about their period and just say, Hey, I listened to this podcast. What do you know about your period? Tell me more about it. I want to make sure that 
everything's okay with yours, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Or if the teen's listening, then same thing, like go to your mom and say, mom, I don't think my period's normal. Is there anything we could do about it? Yeah. So I think that would be how I would start it. If I wish I would have known what I know now, because I probably wouldn't have, I would have done things a little bit different going forward. Not to say that any of my menstrual health, like caused my cancer diagnosis, but I would have used like organic and clean products, you know, cause I didn't know any of the toxin things and you're putting it up your hoo-ha and yeah, it's getting absorbed in your skin. And now you have toxins in there, you know, just little things like that. I didn't think that popping ibuprofen for um, cramps was, was bad, but really that disrupts your gut. It causes nutrient deficiencies, like all these little things that don't seem that important, but they really are long-term. So, and this conversation is interesting because I mean, loaded question, when is the average age of somebody starting their period? I know that it's gotten younger and younger. Mm -hmm. I started mine when I was in eighth grade into my freshman year of high school. So that's like 13, 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's 16, 17 years ago now where health consciousness has, you know, risen to the top of everyone's awareness. So it is organic cotton tampons. It is cups. It is, it's Mm -hmm. not popping back ibuprofen and taking, you know, days off. It's more like essential oils and, and things like that for cramps and whatnot. But it's like, we didn't know again, what we didn't know back then in order to be the healthiest person that we could be holistically. So I agree with you there where it's like, what was in our tampons? What were diapers made of like how how did we all survive to begin with (laughs) with what we were doing so realistically where are you seeing girls start their menstrual cycles in today's day and age it depends but i have seen more frequently them starting earlier um like younger and i don't i don't know why i don't know if that has anything to do with well, it, I think it, a lot of it might have to do with um, growth hormone and some of the foods and pesticides and, th- and things that are in the standard American diet. But again, everyone's different too. So the whole realm of like when you're going to start your menstrual cycle is, is very broad. Um, but I have seen women start way earlier than I would have thought. Um I I started much later. I started when I was 17. I was, this, I was mm-hmm. going in. That's late, super late, junior, senior year of high school. And I always felt even my mom was like, is something wrong with her? Like she, I I just, I was a late bloomer in, in, in all ways. And I always thought there was something wrong with me. And I wish back then we would have maybe addressed that. And I think Mm -hmm. we did with the pediatrician and we got, you know, the, oh, it'll happen. You know, (laughs) just, just give it some time. Band-aid, band-aiding our concerns. And now I'm thinking of the girls that that we work with, and maybe it, it is the awareness of their periods, but parents are so quick now to also attach birth control because of the symptoms, but also it's like almost, it's like a, you know, killing one. It's kind of like a two for one. It's special. a two for one. Where, where it's like, sure. oh, but we're going to protect them without, yep. 
you know well, so my favorite it's also the yeah. hormones too it's the mood swing so you, yeah you the irritability that, piece you touched on that a couple minutes ago to where it's like it's normal obviously we're going through a phase where girls are changing at this age so will you take a couple minutes and just speak to hormonally what's going on in our daughter's body at this age anywhere <laughs> from i mean we work with girls who are eight all the way to 18. So with that range, obviously Jill started late. We've seen some start early. Um, as opposed to trying to mask it, as opposed to trying to medicate it, as opposed to saying, well, God, I don't understand her attitude today. How do we get parents to understand mm -hmm. that things are going on internally between cells with hormones and all of mm -hmm. that? Yeah, so it's important to understand that to an extent, what they're going through is normal. But if there's signs and symptoms, like I mentioned earlier, that are abnormal, there's likely hormone imbalance. And that's what I tend to see. And why, and again, why do we have this hormone imbalance? A lot of it is because of nutrition. I see these, these teens and this, that population that you work with are so malnutritioned as far as good, healthy nutrients because of what's being fed in schools. It's terrible. Like they're not getting any vegetables. They're not getting any fruits. They're not getting like the good nutrients. And even then we're still not getting enough. And then, you know, if you're an athlete or in sports or dance or anything like that, you need more food. So sometimes these women aren't even menstruating because they're not eating enough. And that can kill your like gymnasts. Uh, that was instance, me. Like Olympic athletes. Yeah, like I they was a gymnast. don't menstruate. Yeah. Which uh, is not healthy. Me. Right. Well, and then it was like, okay does my mom put me on birth control before I have my period? Because I was like getting into my teenage years and she right. was like, uh, you know, well, so the pill, yes, it's now being used for a twofer, a two for one. -er. Um, yeah. I just had a patient yesterday. It was a, she was a 41, um, not your clientele, but it, she was a two for one. -er. like, she's on it because her periods are atrocious and two, she didn't want to get pregnant. And I said, well, at what point, are you going to stop birth control? Like you can't be on it forever. How am I going to know if we're hitting perimenopause or menopause? I've yeah. had 50 year olds still on birth control. So most of these women that are put on birth control, like I was put on birth control, um, but I was put on birth control because my parents didn't want me to get pregnant and I was going away to college. But looking back, I would have never done it. Never. Just because of the side effects that I had with it. And that's mm -hmm. where we talked about earlier. It's like, oh, here's the band aid. But look at all these other side effects that are happening from the birth control. And a, and a big one, a big one, which is common in teens in general, is anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And so the birth control is contributing to that. It's not going to fix anything. Mm. So that's a big thing that I see in the teens is, is they're just, they're put on birth control because they go, you know, their mom is worried about their periods. They're calling out of work or not work, but school because it mm -hmm. sucks. And so they go to their, their doctor, their pediatrician, like, Oh, well, it's probably time you go on birth control. This will fix the periods too. And yeah, it might fix the periods. I've had a couple of teens where it didn't, but they also still feel worse. And then we have right. these other side effects and now they're at increased risk for other things happening, blood clots, inflammation. Yeah. Name it. Well, so, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, especially like I'm 35 and I remember my girlfriends having more cysts and complications than I had ever heard before, where they would have to, you know, get them removed. And I mean, pretty painful procedures. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, where is this coming from? And 
there's no answer to it, but it just, it's this conversation makes me think like, you know, are we really thinking through the decision of putting on the, you know, our daughters on birth control? Is it really necessary? And are we really thinking through what the root problem is? Mm -hmm. um, or are we scared to have a conversation? Or what, mm -hmm. what actually is it? Because luckily, I, I never experienced any like female symptoms from mm -hmm. from birth control besides like i was super irritable moody i was like yes that was me but a lot of my girlfriends i mean procedures like similar procedures mm -hmm. a couple of my girlfriends have endometriosis or pcos and i'm like what there it's so it's almost like it's common now where it just makes me think like could we have prevented this well and if my follow-up question to that is are you the person that they can come see as yeah. opposed to going there to their pediatrician or their um, family care practitioner to say, I'm not just going to slap birth control on it. I'm going to actually ask you to take some labs and see where your yeah. hormone levels are as far as estrogen and progesterone and see where we can actually locate what's really going on and have a plan of action to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the most or the biggest problem is that not to knock the other practitioners. They just don't know what to do. They're trained to give the birth control pill mm -hmm. or an IUD. Mostly it's the pill when they're younger because they don't want to do an invasive procedure at that, that age. And I like, I know how to look at the hormones and address like what's going on. And the other practitioners don't see the value in that or see the need for that. And I disagree. And that's where I look at the hormones and can figure out, I'm like, well, this is why your periods are atrocious. Yeah. This is why you're so crampy. This is why you're so moody. Like here, we can fix this if we give your body the tools it needs. You don't need the pill to fix it. And remember, the pill is really just a Band-Aid. It's yeah. not fixing anything. So yeah. if you get off of it, it's all still going to be there. So why not find a way to well, fix right. it? How long right. do you want to want to be on the pill for? Like you said, you've had women yeah. in their 50s still on the pill. And it's like, mm -hmm. geez, not only is there a monthly cost associated with that, but there's a health cost associated Absolute. with it. Yes. And I I mean, I couldn't agree more as far as like not a knock on, on Western medicine, but it's like I have worked in health and wellness for the past 10, 15 years now to where exercise is medicine. A good healthy diet is yes. medicine. Sleep. Enough sleep. sleep, enough water, stress water. control. I mean, there's so much that we could do to prevent ever having to step foot in a doctor's office that we don't talk about. And that's obviously been very prevalent within the last couple of years as far as what we've dealt with during this pandemic. It's like vitamin D, let's go outside and get levels of okay, that. Let's up that. our levels of vitamins, including zinc, and vitamin D. It's like, where else in our life are we avoiding looking at the root cause? Because A, the conversation scares us. We're not equipped enough to have it. Or we really just want to shove the results under the rug and live as though it's not an issue in our lives. And I think that's obviously what drew me to naturopathic medica medication. Ha, sorry. Too. Um, the naturopathic route, um, as opposed to continuing to find a doctor just to give me another prescription for whatever was quote unquote wrong with me. Because mm -hmm. the one thing that we really like to tell our girls right out of the gate 
is regardless of why your parents sought out our services, there's literally nothing wrong with you. We are not here to make you any different. We're here to give you the tools to succeed. And what your profession sounds like is exactly that on the Mm -hmm. health side of things. Mm -hmm. You're here to give people the tools to succeed, not the Band-Aid to cover up the problem just so they come back in six months needing something else. Well, I actually tell them, I'm like, I I give them that relief that they're not crazy because they come to me thinking they're crazy or that there's something wrong with them. Right. And I'm like, it's not you. It's your hormones. Like go home and tell husband, like, please bear with me. It's my hormones. She told me it's not me. It's my hormones. She's going to fix them. Yeah. So just having that awareness that it's not, it's not you, it's likely your hormones is such a relief for, for so many women. Absolutely. Because they think it's there's something wrong with them. They think that they're going, you know, crazy. I'm like, it's not. It's your 100%. hormones. You can fix them. Right. Well, you, I just, you've been such a breath of fresh air. Even for me, I'm. I learn so much every time that you, because you're so passionate about it. And I'm like, wow, okay, I'm not, there's certain times of, uh, in my cycle or before my cycle that I am going to experience some highs and lows. And just, I'm like, I don't even know my body that well. So it's really cool to be like, how do I tune into that even more? And, and then how do we share that with the girls that you know, we work with and, and families who, who we work with to be like, okay, no, that's, that's normal or no, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can people find you? If you are this godsend, like, yes, my daughter leaks all the time. And I just learned that that's not normal. Um, what do you offer and how can they find you? Yeah. Well, most everything is on my website, which is hopenaturalhealth.com. Very active on Instagram and, um, Facebook. So those are good routes um, to find me. I do, I share a ton of educational content around periods and hormone health and all of that on those platforms. I have my own podcast too, hope natural health podcast. So you can find that on all platforms and I do have a period course. So if you're interested in that, send me the DM It is not currently open, but if anyone listens to this and is interested, I can unlock it for you or send you the link, but it teaches you all about your hormones. It's a little bit more for the older population, like as far as working for your hormone, uh, working with your hormones, like as far as productivity goes, eating for your hormones, um, and exercising. But I mean, mom, daughter, you could probably both get value out of, out of it. And then teaching you what's abnormal, what hormones are usually out of control and then how you can, or other options than birth control and what you can do about, um, your cycle. So it also has like a symptom tracker. I think that's the biggest piece. If you left here with anything is to start tracking, you're not going to know any abnormalities unless you know what's going on. So there's tons of apps that can help you track your period. Um, and it's super important. So you can see the inconsistencies and where symptoms come up. So I have all that in the program too. It's so good. Um, literally Mary and I, we finally downloaded an app to track ours. We're like, it's only taken us 30, Seven, 17 years. 30 years <laughs> combined. 
Well, and just to not make anybody feel wrong, like literally our mastermind is full of women who are in their 30s and 40s. And you had talked along with one of the other docs in our mastermind about this and every light bulb that was above everyone's head went off. (laughs) So it's like these conversations are long overdue. Oh, yeah. um, And they're conversations that really need to be more normalized. I know there's a lot of that word being thrown around in today's day and age, but literally something that women – have to do every single month mm-hmm. shouldn't be shunned. It shouldn't be something where mm-hmm. we're talking about it in these secret societies to where we mm-hmm. feel embarrassed to ask questions because the more you know, the more you know. And we, I mean, I want to take my own health in my hands at every opportunity that I can. So I don't mm-hmm. succumb to things like a cancer diagnosis. I don't, I don't want to succumb to something like what's going on in today's day and age with COVID-19. There's so many things that we could do to prevent this and starting the conversation by listening to podcasts like this and implementing it in your household are one of those ways to take that health in your hands and help your daughters do the same. Mm -hmm. So it brings us such great pleasure to be able to host conversations like this and to host um, just wonderful friends like you. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to drop a little knowledge on this subject. Um, We're so grateful for you. Yeah, we are. I just think of like me as a teenager. I'm like the I was not worried about my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit. You know, I was just like, I'm a teenager and I'm worried about what's in front of me. And (laughs) now it's like, gosh, we know the importance Mm -hmm. of looking at a person holistically um, and, and pouring into those areas to be the best version of yourself. So thank you for being our expert because we know how important it is. We're still learning, but having people like you in our network is, is just, you're a, you're an incredible resource. We're so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, I could literally talk about this stuff for hours. Um, so I appreciate you ladies having me on because I, like you both mentioned, it's super, super important. And it's just a topic that we just don't really talk about and we need to. So thank you for having me and allowing me to, to share. And hopefully people will look a little bit different at their period health and, and go talk to mom about it and get some help. Totally. So please follow Dr. Aaron, Dr. Aaron, we just love and adore you. Thank you so much. And until next time, you guys. Go make somebody smile. We'll talk to you all soon. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, We would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. (laughs) 